Welcome to the Question Community Broadcast. The Question is a new disruptive community that provides a gathering place for those who wonder about our complex selves, our complex world, our complex universe. We are a non-religious and inclusive community that explores the many questions surrounding truth in order to encourage you on the important journey to find your own answers. The Question Community gathers every third Sunday evening at Redbush Tea and Coffee Company in the Kensington neighborhood of Calgary, starting at 7. Information on the community is available at our website, www.thequestion.ca. You can also join the community online at our Facebook page, which is The Question, and on Twitter, at TQCom, with two M's. You're now going to hear some highlights from our community gathering, where the question is asked through original arts and music, as well as thought-provoking presentations. This is David Andrew Weeb. Has anybody seen the movie What the Bleep Do We Know? Yeah. There's a few of you. It's a movie that discusses the unseen cellular, molecular, and quantum worlds that supposedly affect every living thing. In the movie, they make reference to how the molecular structure of water can be affected by the words, thoughts, and feelings it is consistently exposed to. This isn't something they pull out of thin air. It's based on the studies of Dr. Masaru Emoto, or the Japanese pronunciation would be Emoto Masaru, a Japanese author, researcher, and entrepreneur. Dr. Emoto was born in Yokohama, Japan in 1943. He graduated from Yokohama Municipal University and began his studies on water in the mid-90s. Emoto believed that water is the blueprint of our reality, and that emotional vibrations could change the physical structure of water. He claimed that water exposed to positive speech and thoughts would create visually pleasing crystals, while negative thoughts would result in ugly crystal formations. There's a significant difference there. It is said that 70 to 80% of the Earth's surface is water. You might be able to think of something else that consists of 70 to 80% water, right? Our bodies. This causes one to wonder whether or not there is any connection between the words we speak and the lives we live. If words, thoughts, and feelings can change the molecular structure of water, then what are the implications for the things we say to ourselves and to the people that we routinely come in contact with? How do the things we say affect our lives? Are words beacons of creative power, or are they mere devices of communication? Based on Emoto's findings, I was prompted to investigate the power of words. At first, my research was yielding very little. I've often heard spiritual and personal development speakers and even authors discuss this concept, but it was often based on experiential, scriptural, or anecdotal evidence. Evidence that may very well be valid, but would be difficult to validate or invalidate. But this year, I decided to reread a book by Dr. Robert Anthony. He's one of my favorite authors in the personal development field. Although mostly unintended and synchronistic, I ended up finding a few quotes that provided me with some interesting insights into the power of words. Robert Anthony, by the way, earned a PhD in behavioral psychology from Pacific Western University and has worked as a psychotherapist, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, master hypnotist, and personal performance trainer. He has authored over 15 books 
and some of his most known works include The Ultimate Secrets of Total Self-Confidence and Beyond Positive Thinking. This quote and all that follow are from his 1979 self-help book, The Ultimate Secrets of Total Self-Confidence. I'm going to begin by sharing what I think is the most relevant quote for this discussion. Successful experiments involve photographs taken of ordinary drinking water while it is being prayed over and blessed. Preliminary photographs of the water showed very thin vibrations, but at the same water was being sanctified, it registered significantly increased radiation, indicating that the power of positive thought can be transferred to an object. Although it may sound like Dr. Anthony is indeed referring to Emoto studies, that isn't possible because his book was released in 1979 and Dr. Emoto studies began in the mid-90s, as I said earlier. But there are a couple more quotes from the book that caught my attention. First is this. It is common knowledge that when plants are praised and spoken to positively, they thrive and grow. But when they are condemned and rejected, they become stunned or even die. If you have this effect on your plants, just think of the effect you have on another human being. And let's not forget that plants need water for photosynthesis, a process plants use to create their food. As water enters a plant stem, it travels up to its leaves. This is where the photosynthesis process actually takes place. Without water, this process cannot occur. But Anthony doesn't stop there. He also suggests that metal atoms respond differently to different personalities. Here's another direct quote from his book. Have you ever noticed how some people always have trouble with their automobiles? Their vehicles just don't respond to them, yet another person talks to his and his responds trouble-free trip after trip. It would seem that even inanimate things can sense love. Preposterous? It has been scientifically demonstrated that metal atoms respond differently to different personalities. Now, first, the idea that water has a vibration and that it increases in radiation when consistently exposed to positive thought. If you remember, he also said that positive thought can be transferred to an object. So there's really three different ideas here that he's left us with. That was the first. The second is the idea that plants thrive when spoken to in a positive manner and that we should consider the effect our words have on other human beings. Third, the idea that metal atoms respond differently to different human beings. At this point, I'd like to introduce an old friend of ours. I'm sure that there's little need for introduction, but I'll do a quick recap. Albert Einstein was born on March 14, 1879, and was a German-born theoretical physicist. He developed the general theory of relativity, now considered one of the two pillars of modern physics. Of course, he's most known for his mass-energy equivalence formula, E equals mc squared. There's a famous quote by Einstein that I'm sure you've heard. Everything in life is vibration. There's another physicist with a similar opinion of the world by the name of Nikola Tesla. Tesla was born on July 10th, 1856 in modern-day Croatia. He was a Serbian-American inventor, electrical and mechanical engineer, physicist, and futurist most known for the design of the modern alternating current, or AC electric supply system. He said that, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, 
think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. The interesting part is that Tesla would likely disapprove of the juxtaposition I just made. He was critical of Einstein's theory of relativity and he has even been quoted as saying that, I hold that space cannot be curved for the simple reason that it can have no properties. It might as well be said that God has properties. He has not, but only attributes and these of our own making. Of properties we can only speak when dealing with matter filling the space. To say that in the presence of large bodies, space become curved is equivalent to saying that something can act upon nothing. I, for one, refuse to subscribe to such a view. That was Nikola Tesla's quote. Tesla claimed that he had developed his own physical principle regarding matter and energy. When he was 81, he noted in a letter that he had actually completed a dynamic theory of gravity that would once and for all put an end to idle speculation about curved space. Though he also noted that he had worked out all the details, his theory was never found in his writings. That remains an unsolved mystery. Unfortunately, there's no way of knowing what Tesla's theory was or if he actually had one. So despite the fact that both Einstein and Tesla were physicists, their disagreements forced us to conclude that their views on the vibration and the world didn't just come from the studies and disciplines they were engaged in. I found an interesting article by Arjun Walia. He's a writer for Collective Evolution, an alternative media platform that produces articles and videos that urges readers and viewers to expand their way of thinking. Not unlike what happens here at the question, right? Unfortunately, I couldn't find any additional information on who Arjun Waldia is. Besides the fact that he's written a lot of articles for different publications and that he's appeared in a documentary. But according to his article called, Nothing is Solid and Everything is Energy, Scientists Explain the World of Quantum Physics. Quantum physicists discovered that physical atoms are made up of vortices of energy that are constantly spinning and vibrating each one radiating its own unique energy signature. Therefore, if we really want to observe ourselves and find out what we are, we are really beings of energy and vibration, radiating our own unique energy signature. This is fact and is what quantum physics has known, has shown us time and time again. This certainly seems to fall in line with what we've been learning about the heart's EM field, and its connection to Wolfgang Pauli's The World Clock, as well as black holes and wormholes that we learned about in previous gatherings. Walia also quotes Richard Kahn Henry in his article. Henry was born on March 7, 1940, as a professor of physics and astronomy at John Hopkins University. He's the author of one book and over 200 publications on the topics of astrophysics, various forms of astronomy. He says, a fundamental conclusion of the new physics also acknowledges that the observer creates the reality. As observers, we are personally involved with the creation of our own reality. Physicists are being forced to admit that the universe has, is a mental construction. Pioneering physicist Sir James Jeans wrote, the stream of knowledge is heading toward a non-mechanical reality, 
the universe begins to look more like a great thought than like a great machine. Mind no longer appears to be an accidental intruder into the realm of matter. We ought rather hail it as the creator and governor of the realm of matter. Henry makes reference to a certain Sir James Jeans. He's referring to James Hopwood Jeans, born September 11, 1877, in Ormskirk, Lancashire. He was a physicist and mathematician and was the first to propose that matter is continuously created throughout the universe. He's probably most known as a writer of popular books about astronomy. But what is the significance of what Richard Con Henry said about creating our own reality? Let's join Walia for his conclusion. Studies have shown that positive emotions and operating from a place of peace within oneself can lead to a very different experience for the person emitting those emotions and for those around him. At our subatomic level, does the vibrational frequency change the manifestation of reality? And if so, in what way? We know when an atom changes its state, it absorbs or emits electromagnetic frequencies which are responsible for changing its state. Do different states of emotion, perception, and feelings result in different electromagnetic frequencies? This is Frederick Tamagi. The first song we're going to do is, is called Don't Stop Asking Why. And, uh, pretty much sort of sums up why um, I'm here involved in the question. I think sometimes we you know, we live in such a chaotic and complex world. Uh, we are um, overwhelmed by information, we're overwhelmed by relationships, by conflicts, and by everyone who seems to know what the right answers for things are. Part of the reason why I think the question is so important is because pretty much since I was a little boy, the most important word in my vocabulary was always why. And uh, I'm obviously not a little boy anymore, but I still, I'm always wondering about the why of things. Uh, the news, television, the media reports, the what of things and the how of things and the when, but not always the why. And uh, this is an encouragement, this song is an encouragement to never stop on that quest. Says it's real. Don't think, 'cause you might not 
presentation part two will be continued in the next podcast episode thank you for listening if you're interested in joining the question community we meet every third sunday evening at redbush tea and coffee company in the kensington neighborhood of calgary starting at seven you can participate in the online discussion on our facebook page which is the question or on twitter at tqcom that's at tqcommm Our website is www.thequestion.ca. 
Thanks again for listening, and remember that our answers are only possible because of our questions.